All right, welcome back to the State of Analytics podcast. My name is Zach Randall. I'm going to be your host. And today we're going to dive into our second false belief as it relates to your marketing data, your measurement, your analytics, um, and all the way down to your actual kind of down funnel customer data. And that false belief is that we can just set up our measurement, set up our analytics, and we can forget it. We can move on and not necessarily have to revisit that. And this stems from this, at least I believe this stems from the free fallacy, which is the, the belief, uh, the false belief that we talked about in the previous episode that's based on this idea that over the last you know, 10 to 15 years, analytics, like Google Analytics, has just been this like free thing. And so people have just been trained like, and we just throw it on our site and we just kind of move on. And so we're going to un- unpack this set it and forget it fallacy because truly your analytics and measurement is not set it and forget it. And I'm going to be walking through a few reasons why just to, to solidify that. And then I'm going to be going into a, f- a few stories and some of the things that I think you can do to kind of remedy this, uh, this false belief and challenge within your organization. Now, a couple housekeeping items before we dive into that, go to listenlayer.com forward slash pod. You can sign up for notifications. You don't have to drop in your email or anything, but you can get a list. You can download a list of the, the false beliefs that I talk about in episode number one. And so if you're, if you're looking for that, maybe you want to share that out within your organization. Um, jump to uh, listenlayer.com forward slash pod, and you can stay up to date on everything that we have going on, including our upcoming live events that we're going to start to promote. So there's two audiences that I kind of want to talk to. You're, you're going to live within one of these two camps. Either you're a measurement professional or like a technical marketer, and these things I talk about today are going to resonate with you. You're going to be like, yeah, that's us, or I've seen that, or I run an agency, and every time I inherit a client, that's the case. Or you're going to be somebody who's more of a a user of data, and this might be a little bit of uh, news to you. And let me tell you a story to kind of help you understand that perspective. A lot of people set up their analytics and measurement inside of a tool called Google Tag Manager. Obviously, a lot of you are familiar with that. If you're not, you're maybe more of the, the user of the data and you're like, yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never really logged in there and done anything with it. Well, Google Tag Manager has built-in triggers that you can enable to track things. And we had a client come to us recently and I dug into their GTM instance and found out that they had, you know, they had all these forms. The primary purpose of their website was to drive form submissions. And they were using Google Tag Manager's just like standard form submission event that's a built-in trigger to Google Tag Manager. Now, you'd have to be in the space to understand that, that that thing is almost always inaccurate because of how it actually analyzes forms and the actual form submission on your website. We won't get into technicalities, but I believe Simo Hava has an article that actually walks through this and, and why it only works in certain situations. So you could... Dig into that, but if you're a user of analytics, you should understand that just because on the surface something looks like it's being done correctly, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. And just because you hired somebody who thinks that they know how to go into Google Tag Manager and they're like, oh, there's a form submission trigger, let's use that, doesn't mean that it's actually accurate. So we jumped on their site and we could see, you know, sometimes when you submit a form, the trigger happens. Sometimes it happens twice, sometimes it happens never. Sometimes it happens when a form step changes instead of a form is actually submitted. And so there, there can be all these kind of like inherent problems inside your measurement strategy or inside your technical setup. And 
they they tend to be exacerbated by this this idea especially from a leadership standpoint or even from like an agency standpoint that like oh we set that up 6 months ago it's all good you know we can just kind of move on so for those of you who who don't really believe me or doubt a little bit what I'm talking about here here's three major reasons why your analytics and marketing measurement and data should never be just like a set it and forget it strategy and reason number 1 is that your initial setup was not comprehensive, it lacked planning and documentation, or it was set up by somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. And this is the cornerstone problem or the cornerstone reason why you can't have a set it and forget it strategy. Technically, if you do go through this process where you strategically plan and document and set up your analytics, then you do it competently and you automate things and you have some monitoring in place, then you most certainly kind of could achieve a point where it's like, it's somewhat set it and forget it. Now we know our data is being collected. We can kind of move, move on. But 90, like no joke, 99% of companies I've ever worked with have never gone through that, that process. And so just the, the bedrock that their analytics is, is built on is not good. It's either in set up incorrectly or not comprehensively. And so it just leads to all these additional problems. So if you have this set it and forget it mentality, you never actually go back and uncover the fact that like, hey, like we didn't actually set it up correct or we didn't actually set it up across all these platforms or this trigger that's being used is like completely inaccurate. It wasn't really thoroughly tested. Now, reason number two, why your analytics and measurements shouldn't be set it and forget it is that your website is constantly changing. A lot of us have marketing operations teams. We have webmasters and developers who are going through and they're like launching new forms or they're changing things in our e-commerce store and you know URLs are changing new pages are launching styles are changing and there's no process to go back and ensure that our analytics is still configured correctly and that's the second biggest reason why your measurement strategy cannot just be some set it and forget it idea and the last reason and this should probably concern those of us who are just the users of the data is that you're making decisions from this data. You know, a lot of times it's like budget decisions worth hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars over a given year. And we're using this data in real time for like bidding in our platforms and you know, completing our QBRs or looking at our like weekly pulse reports. And if you're using this data for decision making, I like to use this term that we need to achieve this status of trust, but verify. Okay. We need to be able to trust our data, but then even when you trust it, you still need to be able to go back in and say, okay, I'm going to verify that this is working, right? I trust it enough, but because of reason number two, that our website is constantly changing, I still need to occasionally go in and verify. That's why I'm a big proponent of using the data layer as your method of tracking, because you, you focus on building a really strong data layer strategy, which is kind of like a visualized element that can be queried and you can look at it, you can make sure it's good. And then your, your actual collection of data out of that data layer is very simple and, and minimal. So then you can just monitor, hey, is my data layer working? The collection is happening because it's just this very basic setup and I can see that, but I can also see that my data layer strategy, my segmentation, those types of things, 
are all set up correctly. So that's one reason I think the data layer really helps you to achieve this kind of trust but verify method. So let me tell you a story about a client that we, we took on recently. Um, I think they, they came to us and their perception was that they were fairly sophisticated in analytics because they had one of their engineers go into GTM and they actually wrote some custom code to kind of build their own listener. They were using HubSpot. Um, so they had HubSpot forms and they thought they were tracking everything accurately because this developer who I'm sure was like a pretty good engineer had gone in and built some small script in GTM and it was running and it was kind of like listening for HubSpot form submissions. So very similar to what we actually do at ListenLayer where we have listeners that fully automate the collection and structuring of data into the data layer um, so that you can then drive like an accurate measurement strategy off of that. And, you know, as usual, like I kind of doubt that most companies analytics or measurement is set up correctly because I've almost never come across one that is set up correctly. So I dig in and I start looking at it and realize that the listener actually was firing two different events. One just simply based on when the, the button was clicked and one based on some sort of like post form submission act activity that wasn't always accurate and wasn't always working. And it was interesting that the, the, you know, so the listener was like kind of firing these two events in the data layer and it didn't look very comprehensive. And, and so just, it took me a matter of minutes just to realize that like the first event would always fire when the form button was clicked, even though the form wasn't validated. So there wasn't actually a real form submission. And then the second event would sometimes fire in that case and other times it wouldn't. So had, there was some, something weird going on with the verification. And honestly, I didn't dig too deep into it because we ended up just moving them to, to ListenLayer, which has more accurate, has very accurate listeners built for these particular cases. But when, when you dig into their setup, they had some really major problems. So first of all, they were tracking all their KPIs and form submissions based on that first event. And so they were, they were overcounting their form submissions in a sense that if you just clicked on that button and the form never submitted, it was basically like they were just tracking like a button click. Now, furthermore, though, they, they had started to use pop-up forms from HubSpot, which the listener wasn't really catching. So there was this assumption that like, hey, this thing must be working. Let's just throw some pop-up forms on our site. And those must be tracking also, right? And there was never kind of a uh, hey, let's go back and verify how this thing is working because something has changed on our website. And the other piece of this puzzle that was, um, was interesting was a as we started to get access to like Google ads and Facebook and LinkedIn and Microsoft ads, I started looking through the conversion tracking and it was completely inconsistent. So Google Analytics was set up to just track all forms. And then you go into Google ads and like they had some sort of generic form conversion, but they had like a handful of others that were tracking just like specific thank you pages and LinkedIn just had the thank you page ones. And, you know, it was just kind of this hodgepodge. They were named differently. The numbers weren't verifiable. They didn't, you know, they didn't match each other in any way, shape or form. And that's obviously because, um, you know, in, in one platform, they might've been tracking X, Y, and Z. And over here, they're only tracking Z. And, and so that led to a huge amount of uh, discrepancy in the actual data. So as you started to look at it across these platforms, the, the problem became kind of exacerbated. And the last piece was that they had actually started to introduce a new landing page system and those weren't even tracking at all. So now here we have the situation 
where what might have been you know well intentioned initially to go you know how let's have a developer or an engineer who probably didn't have a ton of experience in this tracking stuff you know go kind of write the script uh, maybe they didn't even write it maybe they pulled it off of like stack overflow or something um which is real common is that you just you know, you come across these gtm instances that just have like scripts everywhere and no documentation and it may have been working pretty well back in the day when they only had like one form and this inaccuracy with like do you trigger your KPI conversion on the first event or the second event, you may have been kind of like an immaterial thing at that moment in time. But because the website had evolved, they had grown, it became very apparent just by looking at this for a few minutes that, hey, this is completely inaccurate. And depending on the way you look at it or which platform you're using, like that inaccuracy just like continues to grow. So if you're a leader at an organization and you use marketing analytics in any way, shape or form, you should start to have some skepticism when you hear something like this, because what I'm telling you right now is I've seen some very intelligent people who think they know how to set up and use Google Tag Manager. And then when you go in there and you try to verify it, you're like, this is completely inaccurate. And a lot of times, I don't, you know, it's not that person's fault. A lot of times it stems from reason number one. If you think back to those three reasons of why your analytics and measurement should not be set it and forget it which was that there was never a moment in time when you sat down as a team or an organization and you set up like you, you planned and set up a comprehensive measurement strategy that was actually documented. And the documentation piece is important because then you have the ability to go back and check against that. And as your website evolves and changes, you revisit that maybe every couple months, every quarter, and you say, what's going on? Do we need to change something? Do we need to adjust something? And really, there's kind of a, a fourth, uh, an additional piece to making sure that that kind of ecosystem works, which is to have accountability, which is the next false belief that we'll be talking about in, in the following episode. So I took a look at all of our clients, and some of you may have uh, seen this kind of metric that I've, I've talked about before, but over my career at this point, I've set up over 300 like measurement strategies for different organizations. And the number of of organizations that have come to us that we've set up that had like a, a setup that I would say it was even like good, I guess, like not, not excellent, but good was, you know, just a handful out of over 300. So it's, it's safe that that's, you know, going back to this idea of skepticism, it is safe to be skeptical that your analytics strategy is broken, that your data is inaccurate that the triggers that are being used may not be good, that Google Tag Manager has fallen into the hands of too many people that don't know what they're doing or don't have a sound centralized documented strategy to work off of. And um, I want to break down the three most common pitfalls that I see across these clients and organizations that I've worked with so that you can start to understand and put you know what I've talked about to this point into perspective, so you can start to kind of ask some critical questions. Um, and after this, I'm going I'm to talk about some things that you can just put in place at your organization to help overcome the set it and forget it mindset. So here are the three most common pitfalls that I see from a set it and forget it mentality when it comes to your analytics and measurement. The first and probably the biggest pitfall, which is why you'll hear me talk about it a lot 
is that your critical KPIs, which tend to be your conversions or your goals, which are form submissions or e-commerce activity, those things are tracking completely inaccurately. And it's, I mean, easily 95% plus of companies and organizations that I see, they have a pretty clearly defined goal on their website. Like we're tracking chats and forms, or we're tracking these e-commerce activities and chats. And they're almost always tracking completely inaccurately. So that's going to be the biggest, biggest challenge and the biggest pitfall of the kind of set it and forget it mentality. Number two is that the tracking is just simply not in place on those elements. So you'd be surprised how often, you know, we start working with an e-commerce company and they're like, oh yeah, we get a lot of offline revenue through like chats where people like chat with us or, or whatever that is. And they're, they're not even tracking their chat tool, right? They're using Drift Chat or they're using Intercom. And they're like, well, that, we, have, we haven't figured out exactly how, or it's just like a challenge um, to get those things tracking. Or a lot of times those pop-up forms or people will introduce a landing page system and they never go back and revisit their measurement. They just have this like form submission number and um, you know, whoever's running their paid search and their paid social and whatever, never even ask about it. They're just like, oh, I saw a conversion that just said like form submissions. So I assumed it was everything. So again, going back to that skepticism, are we actually tracking everything? Are all these things that we care about or the new evolutions in our website, have they been pulled back into our measurement strategy? The third most common pitfall is that your marketing analytics platforms are not set up consistently. And what I'm referring to is the fact that you need native data inside of Google ads, inside of Facebook ads, inside of LinkedIn ads, inside of Microsoft ads. Inside of any advertising platform that you're using, or if you're then collecting your own kind of first-party data into a data set and you're using GA4 and you're using Universal Analytics, I've almost never come across a company where you look at all those platforms and you're like, all the conversions match. They're named the same. They're clear, they were clearly planned out. They're using the same triggers. And they clearly align to some kind of like KPI goal. And so even if you're doing a pretty good job of tracking things accurately, like, yeah, you know, we are using thank you pages, which I don't recommend, but, um, and we're tracking our forms and, and we are using some sort of method of tracking our chats. A lot of times like those chat tools, they'll have some out of the box integration with Google analytics and it'll just send some events in and you gotta be careful. You gotta really understand how that's working, but then that data is not available inside of Microsoft ads or inside of LinkedIn. And so then you have these holes in your data strategy overall. Now, listen layer, uh, one of the reasons I developed it, generally speaking, is because of some of those holes that I was seeing where it's like, it is really challenging and hard to plug these holes. And the problem with overcoming these pitfalls is that sometimes you're kind of like staring this mountain and you're, you know, you're staring up this mountain and you're like, how do I, okay, I'm just gonna, let me just work on something else. You know, um, we can just forget about the fact that we don't have chat data in Facebook, or we don't have chat data in our LinkedIn. And let's just, you know, go, go set it up. And I think this kind of, again, stems from this mentality of like, it's free, it's easy. There's no, there's no, um, no one who's fully accountable for our analytics. So I've talked a lot about kind of these challenges. If you're in one of those two camps, either you're like a measurement professional or a very deep technical marketer who has a lot of experience in this, or you're a marketing leader who's just more of a user of the data. I'd say start to approach your analytics from a, a standpoint of skepticism and just saying like, hey, I actually can't trust it until I can verify it. 
And then eventually let's get to a point where, where I can trust it and I'll continue to verify things or I'll have some method of doing that. So I want to break that down. Like how do you fix this set it and forget it mentality? So here are four things that I think you need to have in place at your organization or with your clients to overcome the set it and forget it mentality within analytics and measurement. So step number one, no matter where you are in this kind of life cycle of your analytics, is just make a simple list of your critical actions. What are the things on your website that you want people to actually do that you want to measure? Make a list of those. So go through and look and see, okay, we have a chat tool. Yep, we want to track our chats. Okay, we have some forms, we have some pop-up forms, we have some e-commerce, you know, we have add to carts. Whatever that is, make a list of them. And then check it twice. Because oftentimes, you know, I'll use the chat example. You, you, you identify chat as a critical action you want to track, but really, is it just like starting a chat? You know, how can we measure that better? Maybe it's, uh, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll track chat starts. But what we really care about is when they drop their email in the little, the little field there. Or, you know, where it says like, hey, give us your email. Um, or, or maybe it's just a threshold of the number of messages that the user sends you. Like we will track chat starts and then we'll track a high quality chat once the user has sent us four messages. Um, so think, you know, peel back the layers there a little bit, but make a list of those critical actions that you want to track. Because this is almost going to be like your inventory of things you want to want to track or want to check. So the second thing is that you need to move towards automation when it comes to tracking those KPIs. And that automation needs to be centralized. So the only way that I can go into a client's setup and say, I know that your measurement and analytics is as accurate as we can make it, right? There's never going to be a full 100% accuracy because of, um, you know, a lot of things like consent issues where people aren't, aren't consenting to be tracked or because there's just errors in like the JavaScript or the data collection. So it's never going to be 100% accurate. But the only way that I can tell a client, hey, your stuff is accurate is if we've centralized it into the data layer. Because then I can see, hey, I want to I track a conversion when a user reaches four messages in their chat. So I can see in the data layer when that happens, there's like this centralized event. And then I know based on my very basic setup that that's being distributed to all of my marketing platforms. So the only way that that's possible is if you really focus on moving towards automation and centralization. So whoever is going to be the owner of analytics on your team, which we're going to talk about in the next episode about accountability, they, they should be taxed with this idea of like, how do we automate a centralized way of tracking our most critical actions? And that can be a challenge. So we're going to be exploring that a little bit further, but that is the thing you need to put in place so you can overcome this set it and forget it mentality. Now, number three is that we want to have centralized documentation of what those critical actions are across our different marketing analytics platforms. And what I mean by that is every marketing analytics platform, take like Facebook and LinkedIn, for example, they ingest the data in slightly different ways. So Facebook wants these kind of open-ended events, right? You can use their standard out-of-the-box events, but you can kind of just send them like event names or or um, with like different properties attached to them. So it's kind of freeform. You send them just the data that you want, then you go into the platform and you manage it. Whereas LinkedIn, 
you have to go set up the, the, the actual critical action. You have to kind of like create a placeholder for it in the platform and they'll give you an ID. And then that ID has to kind of be what you send with your data. Hey, I want to trigger this like specific KPI that we care about. Here's the ID for that. And you send that to LinkedIn. And so those are the two major methods of actually kind of distributing data to your different analytics and measurement platforms. And so it's important to centralize some documentation around that where you can know, okay, in LinkedIn, I I had my list of critical actions. Are those tracking inside of LinkedIn? And if not, how do we go get those events set up? Let's document them. Let's, you know, literally write down what the IDs are and what the names are. And then let's do it for Facebook. You know, Facebook isn't going to give us IDs. We're going to send them something. So what are we going to send them? And get that nicely documented and centralized. Because even if you have an accomplished number two, which is to kind of achieve some sort of automation and centralization and how you scale your tracking, you can still start to centrally document this because you're almost building a roadmap for what you want to achieve in your analytics. So the last thing is to set up some sort of monitoring. And again, this is why I like to centralize things in the data layer because then we build monitoring based on the actual data layer activity. So when something changes in that data layer, we know, okay, something is, is going wrong, right? Or something has changed and we need to go in there and we need to make changes ourselves or we need to adjust something. And, you know, there's a number of ways we can do this. We're going to explore monitoring more and more as we, as we move forward into these things. Um, but if you can manage to achieve some level of monitoring, what it helps with is one of those major reasons why analytics can't be set and forget it. And that's because your website is constantly changing. And so even if you're revisiting things like every quarter and double checking, hey, let's verify and make sure things are working. The monitoring fills the gaps in between. And you could set up monitoring on things like, hey, have we received like no chats for, you know, five days? That's unusual. Maybe our chat widget's broken for some reason. I've seen that happen um, with various clients. And so once you kind of achieve this monitoring concept, you can, um, you can kind of amplify that and start to use that in other areas of, of your business. So if there's one main tech takeaway from today's episode, it's to be skeptical of your analytics setup and start asking yourself, hey, do we have this set it and forget it mentality with our analytics? Because you most likely do, whether you, you realize it or not, and it's most likely leading to challenges. And once we start to kind of dig in and make a list of our KPIs and start to look at what that looks like across our different marketing platforms, you're going to realize, okay, we have some things that we need to fix and we should get some ongoing processes in place to help ensure that once these are fixed, those fixes stay in place. So I'm looking forward to chatting on the next episode about um, accountability and how we set up accountability within our team so that there's actually an owner of our analytics. So we'll chat on the next episode.